Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, uh, and that is really because of the guests who join me. Uh, these are folks with expertise in a particular area of business, and they come on the show with me to have a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. Today, my guest is Paul Faust. Paul is partner and vice president of business development at Ringboost. A recognized industry leader, Paul organized the first summit for phone number providers in 2010 and has been a featured speaker at many telecom conferences, most recently the SOMOS Toll-Free User Summit in October 2018. He's also active in the legal marketing industry and was inducted to the Pilma Hall of Fame in 2017. Paul had a guest appearance on the TV show, The Office, my daughter's all-time favorite show, as Cool Guy Paul, a role he inspired, which I am probably going to ask him about. So thanks so much for joining me today, Paul. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. So um, I am curious, you have, I'm like battling whether I want to ask it. Okay. How'd you get on The Office? <laughs> it's a great question. People ask it all the time, so I don't mind. Um, my wife's relatives are actually um, created the show um, and are on the show. So one was a writer and one was an actor on the show. And I was out in L.A. on business and I decided I asked if I can go by for the day to, you know, just watch because I'm also a fan. 
So they said, yeah, come by. So I spent the day on the set, you know, watching them shoot, watching them, you know, do everything. I literally was all over. And at one point, um, Greg Daniels, who is a relative and created the show, said, you want to meet the writers? So I said, sure. So they took me to the writer room and he said, this is one of my cousins, uh, Paul. He's a little crazy. Tell him about what you do. And I happened, I don't know why, maybe because it was L.A., maybe it was a time of year. I happened to tell him about one of the businesses I started, which was a preparedness company. And we talked about preparedness because it's a big issue in L.A. with the earthquakes and fires. And so I talked about what I did and how I started it. And that was it. Five minutes later, they had to get back to work. I left. Unbeknownst to me, when I walked out of the room, B.J. Novak said, that guy's got to be a character on the show. He didn't mean me. He just meant my personality, my story. And um, fast forward about six months later, I'm in my office in Westchester County, New York, and I get a phone call from Paul Lieberstein, who plays Toby, who's one of the head writers. And he said, hey, this is Paul. Um, I don't know if you're interested or if you can do it or if you want to do it, but we wrote a a scene. Um, You were the inspiration for one of the characters. We can't find an actor to play the part. Do you want to audition to play the part? And, and, and then over the next hour, hour and a half, uh, scripts came to me. I had to read them or send them back, videotape myself, talk to SAG and and costume and makeup. And lo and behold, an hour and a half later, I got the part. They sent me a car and I was uh, flying to LA because they shot the next day at 8 AM. So it was like a whirlwind of craziness. Um, so fun story. Uh, uh, you know, I highly recommend anyone who's a fan of television to get on the set and, and see what goes on and how much work goes on into um, uh, putting on, you know, a, a show and even a few minutes of that show. And and uh, I was around great people and very funny comics and actors. And, and uh, you know, it just was a great life experience. Boy, no kidding. That is so great. Well, thank you for that. It really is my daughter's favorite show. And, um, and hysterical. I mean, it's so... Well, we'll have phenomenal. to call your daughter and say hello at some point. Yes, exactly. She would love that like she died and went to heaven. Okay. Now let's talk about business for a second. Let's talk about business. Okay. And let's talk about the phone because what is going on with people (laughs) not wanting to use telephones anymore? Well, it's a great question. I I think for me, um, part of it started with just technology that we had all this technology thrown at us that allowed us to not use the phone, right? You know, to communicate with a quick text or a, or a picture or, or a social media message. And then ultimately, I think it became um, almost a crutch um, to not speak because when you speak, there's intimacy, there's immediacy, there's, you know, personality. And I think people got comfortable not having that, that when I, when they text message or when they, you know, post somewhere, they can think they have time to formulate. They can not reply to something they don't like. And I think voice is very immediate. So I think from a personal standpoint, um, it, people became more comfortable sort of without the, you know, immediacy. And I think from a business, from a pure business standpoint, um, I think businesses looked at it as an, like they looked immediately as a line item cost. Oh, I can remove, you know, 10, 15 or five operators. I can remove a call center. I could just 
have emails come into me. This will this will this is cheaper on a kind of line by line basis. So I think for businesses, they looked at it you know incorrectly uh, as just a cost issue. Um, and then from a from a, a, a just a human perspective, uh, I think people are afraid of you know if somebody calls me and asks me for a price, I kind of sort of have to give it. I, I can't duck behind the answer. If they're having a problem, I've got to answer it. Versus if I get an email, I could think about the best answer. I could get other opinions. And I think that you know voice is a very powerful tool. And some people got scared by it, um, and some people incorrectly looked at the cost of of providing it. Okay, so let's But I think it's all changed. You do. I do. I think it's okay. changed and it's changing more and more. And and why do you think that is? Why is that happening? Uh, I think there's I think there's a few reasons. I think that um you know, in studies that were shown, I think business owners realized that um the online world of emails and texts and forms was very transactional. But voice was very relationship-based, and uh, they wanted to connect with their clients, not just in a transactional basis of, okay, buy this, good, you paid, done, but to really understand each other, to, to, to talk about intonation, to solve problems, intonation, emotion, find out what's, what's making a business owner tick so they can provide the best level of service. And I think that what business owners came to realize is in the long term, even though it might be more expensive to have someone there to answer a phone call, the long-term value of that client, the lifetime value of that client, the lifetime value of the referrals because you built a relationship with those clients changed, and it was actually much more profitable relationship. You also had businesses, we saw a whole series of commercials for those who pay attention to commercials where people got really annoyed with you know, these voice jail systems and they were just pushing buttons and they weren't talking to real people. It was, it was using AI to like, you know, pretend it was somebody real. And all I wanted to do was talk to a human. And I think people got frustrated by that. So you saw a bunch of commercials where companies came out and said, no, no, we're real and we're going to answer the phone and we're here to help you. So I think there was really two things going on. One, the impersonalization started to bother people. And two, business owners realizing that there is no powerful, more powerful medium than voice, than connecting with the client, understanding real problems, understanding real needs, hearing it both in not just the words, but the way the words were said, understanding the objections or the fears. And I think that that's why businesses have, have gone back to voice. Uh, and I'm so glad to hear it because the, hopefully that means that they're realizing that business is really about those relationships. It's really, you know, sales is people are buying from people they trust. And if they can never get to a human to have a conversation with them, what they're feeling is, okay, this company doesn't care about me. I'm just another dollar. I'm just, a, you know, another uh, credit card to them. They don't really care about helping me solve my problem. That, and they don't understand me. It's a tra again, it, it's very transactional. There's nothing wrong with a transactional piece of business if it's if at that moment all I want to do is go buy a chocolate bar online or a pair of sneakers. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with the transactional part of business. And there's times when I email a company to say, hey, can I ask you a question? But I personally, even from a transactional standpoint, I won't do business with a company unless I know I can call someone if I have an issue. I want to be able to reach out if I want to talk to someone. 
Maybe it's a complicated product. Maybe I, I just want to ask certain questions about um, something unique that I don't want to read and study because I'm not an expert. So, and there are other times where I'm happy with the transactional, you know, piece of business. I just want to buy an auto, an, an audio book from Audible, or I want to order something. I'm good with that. Um, but when clients call me, I get way beyond the transaction. I get to understand their business. Maybe I have a unique expertise. I can give them a tip, a piece of advice. What does that do for me? It builds a relationship. Now that I don't want satisfied customers, you know, that's irrelevant. I want huge fans who can't wait to figure out how to help me and tell their friends about me and brag about the service I provided. That scales my business in lots of ways. That transaction, you know, a non-voice communication just will never be able to do. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, but so you are know. there disadvantages to voice? I, I think the disadvantages to voice are um, that, yes, there's some cost because you need human beings um, to be able to handle it. Um, there, is also, there is also training involved. So there's a disadvantage that I, you, know, you have to make sure people are good on the phone, that they know how to talk to clients and empathize and know the product. Um, it's also immediate. Again, you know, when someone calls me, to, they, they, they're unhappy about something. I'm I'm right there on the phone and I, and I have to be able to deal with that. I can't hide behind, you know, uh, digital communication. Um, and you know, there are some costs to it. You you do need to be available. You do need to set up so somebody can answer that phone. Or if you're not answering it, it's going somewhere. Um, so you know, there 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 is that to look at. But at the end of the day, I think the costs and the the work involved will over overwhelmingly pay for itself in um, the long-term value of those clients and the people they send you and how you do business and how people view your company. You know, I, I've had literally clients call me, the people who've transacted with me in a purely transactional relationship. They went on my site, they made, the, and they made a purchase. And I call them within one or two minutes and they're shocked. Like literally saying, oh my God, you're calling me? I've never bought anything on the web and had someone call me right away. And I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to call to say thank you for the business and I appreciate it and I'm here to help you. And they're like, wow. And it, it's made a mark on them because I think people are just so used to being treated like, you know, just another number, another credit card, another transaction. And I just, I, it's just not the way I feel um, people like to ultimately be treated. I so agree with you. So what are, some of the ways that a business can drive more voice calls, get more of that interaction going. Well, I, well, I think there's a lot of ways business can do it. I think one thing is is to you know just right off the bat is encourage people. You know, if you have the ability and if you have the staff, or let people know that please call me. You know, I have live chat on my website, and when I engage in a live chat and a digital communication, I tell people right away, hey, would you like to hop on the phone? You know, they don't know. They just assume that, I, that I'm going to sit here and chat with them. And maybe I'm not even a real, I might be a chat bot or an overseas calls. Would you like to hop on a, a phone call? So one of the things is to let people know that, that you want to hear from them, right? Then after that, it comes down to encouraging calls in your marketing, you know, featuring your phone number. Now, look, we're about memorable phone numbers and better phone numbers and all that. We can get into that in a minute. But right off the bat is, you know, post the number. Let people know how to reach you. In today's day and age, I think it comes down to people want to transact the way they want to transact when they want to transact. 
There are people that are just going to want to go to your website. They don't have time. They don't want to talk to you. But if you're not allowing those people who want to communicate with you, providing that path, it's a mistake. So to get more, you know, if, you, if you're a small business owner and you have service vans all over the place, those are moving billboards. Put your number on it. If you've got yard signs out there featuring your business, put your number on it. If you've got flyers, put your number on it. When you put, put it on your email signature, let people know that you are there for them. I think it will differentiate you from the others who don't feature it. And someone says, I really don't want to start clicking through websites. I just want to call someone. I want to explain, you know, I just had a situation, you know, where if I could have just explained it to someone and answered some questions, we would have saved a few hours worth of time. Yeah. So I have to share an experience on um, Friday. Um, so a couple days ago, I spoke to a, a group and I had a handout. And at the end, this woman flags me over and she says, you need to put your contact information on this handout because I'm going to leave with it and it's not on here. And and I'm so used to getting their information if they want to Did give you? it to me so that I can interact with them that it never dawned on me that I should just, you know, if I just had my phone number on the bottom, then they could reach out to me because they were going to take that piece of paper with them. But one, it's, I look at it as one little simple step. I've seen you know, attorneys I work with where they spend all this time branding themselves with their crazy marketing and their billboards and their TV, and they don't make it easy to find their number. They make it easy to find them online. But what if I go online and I'm looking for that specific attorney, but there's a pay-per-click ad or the guy who ranks number one who's got the – says, I've never lost the case. Like – Maybe I call him too. So why am I making it difficult for the person who wants to reach me uh-huh. like right now to reach me? And yeah. I could and the one who doesn't want to that just wants to, you know, go on the web or send an email, they can. But I want that person who wants immediate help, that wants personalized help to know that they can reach you. I put my phone number everywhere. It's on my business cards. It's on my marketing material. When we do radio or TV, I post it. It's featured on the website. It's not hidden. So someone has to go diving around and figure out how to call us. And we encourage them to do it. And we tell them to tell their friends. You know, people say to me, Paul, I love my number. It's great. I'm going to tell one of my buddies about you. Should I send them to the site? I said, no. Have them call me. You know, you could certainly tell them about the site if they want to look around. But call me. Let me talk to them. Let me see if I can help them out. Um, you know, I understand that that's a commitment on my part, but I enjoy it, and, and I've built unbelievable relationships with people because we get past the transaction. Um, we, I kind of, you know, get to know who they are, why they live where they live, how they started their business, how they're marketing, um, and, and we wind up having a great, um, you know, uh, a relationship that gets built, which I just got an email while we're talking from one of my uh, a lawyer clients who I've spoke to many times. He said, I just sent you, you know, uh, a phone number of one of my buddies you need to help today that's not from yeah. transactional business yeah. it's just not right yeah wow so great uh, it really I, I i really hope that people are listening to this because so many of them email is their first line of defense and i feel like it's this curtain that they're hiding behind because they don't want to have the conversation for whatever reason. They don't want to say the wrong thing or they don't want to hear no or, you know, I don't know, whatever, or a complaint or whatever it is, but they're really missing out on 
engaging and relationship building? I, I think because it's immediate and, and it's, you know, intimate in the fact that we're talking right now. Like if you send me these questions and I could formulate, you know, all my answers and write the perfect thing and talk to five people, you know, versus, hey, this is on the radio. You know, we're, we're, we're live right now. We're talking. You could hear my passion or, or if I'm ducking something. And I think some people are afraid of that and they just have to get comfortable with it. And it's a skill that's getting that I think is getting lost and it, it becomes noticeable not only in voice calls, but watching people talk face to face. They're they're not comfortable anymore. And I think when you are comfortable and you do let you especially with small business owners, because let's be honest, you're not gonna be able to compete with the bigger brands when it comes to where your site ranks or how much social media exposure you get or, you know, the billboard or the TV spots, you might not be able to compete in those digital worlds or, you know, in your Instagram followers or things like that. But in a small business, a local business to get my number out there to tell my friends, Hey, if you know other clients, here's my number featuring it on my marketing material. That doesn't take money. That doesn't take the world's greatest, you know, digital marketing and out and out spending everyone else. It's just making myself accessible and, putting it out there that I'm here to help. And uh, look, I give people, you know, uh, we have business owners all over the country that are clients. My number rings to my cell. And I just hope that, you know, people know that if they need me, call me, don't abuse it, you know, on, on a Saturday night at midnight. But I had somebody, I had a client call me during the Super Bowl. And he said, I apologize, but I, it's an issue. And I said, I wouldn't have given you my number if I didn't want you yeah. to call. Yeah. Tell me how much you could pay for the value of that relationship. You don't think that he turned to his contacts, his friends, and said, I just called this guy during the Super Bowl, and he answered the phone, and I solved this problem? You don't think that that yeah. builds relationship capital that I could not have you know, done via an email or a text or a live chat? I, you know, I, you just can't. On ourselves. I know. It, it, it's really amazing that, that we make it harder to – really connect with people when more and more that's what makes the difference for small business owners in growing their business. It's ultimately about connections. You said it earlier and I say it all the time, all things being equal, people buy from people they like. All things being unequal, people still buy from people they like. (laughs) And what better way to build relationships and talk to them and, and get to know them. And the other thing is about voice, which is very unique, is you know, as we've seen as business owners, and look, we spend money online, and I believe in online marketing. I believe in all areas of marketing. Is that, you know, if you've looked, say, let's say the past 10 years, there's been no less than, what, 10, 15, 20 different iterations of how I could connect with my customers, you know, in a digital environment, right? There's MySpace, there's Facebook, there's SEO, there's link building, there's YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter. Instagram, you know, Meerkat, you know, all these different things. And as a business owner, I, I invest in these things and I try and get them right. And then they move the ball on me and I got to, and I got to do, Oh, now I got to get my Instagram followers going and I got to get my, this going voice doesn't really change. Everybody knows how to dial a phone number. Everybody knows, or nine out of 10 patients, everyone knows how to answer the phone. So you don't need to be a degreed expert. You could just have it working for you while you explore all these other fun, unique, awesome areas of marketing like artificial intelligence, like chatbots, like this. Look, we try them all and we, and, and we, we monetize. All, they're all great for our business. 
But while we're exploring and tweaking and making mistakes and working on others, my phone's always working. And I don't need to do anything. I don't need to hire a whole company to make the phone ring. It just works. Yeah, so so funny because you're saying that and I'm thinking, boy, you know, that, that old KISS method, keep it simple, stupid, it, it <laughs> you know, we need it, to just come back to, the, it seems like the more technology we have, the more we really need to be connecting one-to-one with people. I think that's what has got us human beings this far and human beings want in both you know, their personal lives and their business lives. But we've put up all these walls around it of technology um, to separate us from our clients. And I think voice connects us to our clients instantly and easily. And what, that doesn't mean every time I talk to a client, I have to have a phone conversation and, and we have to talk about, you know, the weather and sports teams in their lives, you know, but we can. And then we could, then I could shoot a quick text over a quick email or a social media. I use it all a social media message to follow up and then say, you know what? Hey, let's just, let's just hop on a call again. I I really want to make sure I'm understanding the problem. I really, you know, so it's just another avenue that is overlooked. You know, the phone to me is looked at by many business owners as a utility, like the light switch, like the carpet, like the, this, and it's not a utility to me. It's, one of, if not the best marketing method, one of the best connection methods, one of the best ways to grow my business. Um, to me, it's not just a utility. Like a business owner today wouldn't dream of opening a business without setting up a Facebook page. Right. I just, you know, whether or not they're monetizing them or anybody really care, you wouldn't think you, you don't have a Facebook page, but they'll open a business and not think about how they're going to use their phone number, or how their clients are going to connect to them if they want them. And to me, that's just a bit crazy. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of cool things I could do, you know, with uh, restaurants and this type of food. There's nothing like sitting around a table and having dinner with my family. There's there's something about just the basics that and and the nice thing is the phone's not basic, even though it is the basic. It, you know, it allows us to do everything else. You know, it allows us to connect with the client and do more and you can transact with it. and You can, you know, tell stories with it and you can explain products with it and you can text with it. Um, but it's it's just kind of a staple that everybody knows. Well, and and when you were talking about um, just you know picking up the phone and things that you can't do and writing, I kept thinking, boy, you know, like I like texting. However, the problem with texting is it it, it really is for short little bursts of information. I'm not going to get into a conversation with somebody on text. It's just too hard to do, and I don't want to do it in email. It is so much easier just to pick up the phone. Now, I have to ask this question um, because it's just really sort of like burning in my head. People like to say that millennials, that the problem is millennials, that millennials don't know how to communicate, that they, you know, that they text, they don't even check their email. Do you think that's valid? I mean, is that, is that really a valid argument? And so, and if so, how do we get through to them that they're missing out on a really valuable tool? Well, I, I, I think, yes, I think it's valid, but I don't think it's their fault. I think it's our fault. I think it's my generation's fault because we've, we've allowed them or taught them and given them 
access to these tools where they can text and Snapchat and have micro conversations. So as much as it's our fault that, that it's not their fault that we guided them this way and that we paired them this way, um, we have to educate the other way um, because it's not just that that you know okay I have this tool now where I can text my friends and I don't want to talk, but I'm seeing it now when I go to conferences and this certain demographic has a hard time looking me in the eye and talking to me or shaking my hand and talking to me, you know? And so the, those lost lessons are going to translate way beyond, uh, you know, a phone call versus a text conversation. It's going to go into how they communicate, how they build relationships in person. Um, and, you know, I think it's up to us to, um, sort of force the issue. And I, and I do with my own children, you know, I'll, I'll say, look, why don't, why don't you just pick up the phone and call them? You know, you've been texting back and forth for 10 minutes trying to make a plan. Just dial the phone. And it's my own fault that they haven't or they don't think about it or they're afraid of it. And so we need to teach this art of communication yeah. because, you know, it, again, I, then well, why don't we all just stay in our houses and just have everything, you know, uh, <laughs> items could be brought to, brought to us. We could transact. We don't need to ever. Um, but I think it's, you know, is it a valid concern? Yes. But at the end of the day, when, you know, trust me, when my daughter needs something, she'll text, text, text. And then when I don't reply, she calls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why? Because calling gets the answer she wants in the immediacy. Yeah. So I think it's just something that, look, you know, it's just a, a different sort of age and a different communication. We just have to encourage it and let people know that your voice is important. You yeah. know, nothing will take away your voice. Look, I lost a relationship once over over a text exchange because of, of culture or language. And I said something that was offensive to someone that I didn't, it's not an offensive comment, but he took it in his culture as offensive. Didn't talk to me for three, four months wow. till we were able to have a phone call. And I said, where you been? And he's like, and we figured out that it, I had said something that to him was offensive, but since there was no intonation, there was no emotion yeah. and it wasn't immediate. He couldn't have challenged me on it. In which case I would have immediately apologized and said, no, that's not what I meant. It's an expression I was using. But instead, it was a it was a series of words and ended a relationship. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah it really is crazy. And I think that is one of the biggest problems um, w with not talking to people is that they get the opportunity to put their own inflection on what it is you're saying and come at it from their own viewpoint. And I can't tell you how many times I have had someone complain to me about what someone was saying in an email and I said, okay, forward it to me. Let me read it. And I read it and I say, okay, I'm just not picking that up at all. I'm, I'm missing something at it from a different place. Right. Uh, you know, I, I read a bunch of words on a text. Um, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if it's sarcastic, if it's real, right. if it's this, they don't know what mood I'm in. So I'm reading it with my eyes at that moment. Whereas I could have said, wait, what are you talking about? No, no, no. You know, I'm just joking. I was just blah, blah, being sarcastic or, and I, or what do you mean? And then we could talk it out. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I reacted the wrong way. Um, and I think voice allows that. And it's, I think it's the only thing that will ever allow it. Again, I don't want any of your listeners to, to think that, you know, I'm not, I and our company is not a huge fan of digital communication, chat communication, artificial intelligence, all of the latest things that, that are going to change that we don't even know about. But don't ever forget the power of your voice and how that is a that is a component that should never leave, you know, your strategy and never, you know, uh, be removed from a part of how you do business. But 
you know, but I believe in all the other things as well. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. That, 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 you know, it's, we're one tool, you know, for lawyers, I'm like, it's having, trying the perfect case, but having no closing argument, you know, it's like, we're, we're one tool that's easy to use, easy to deploy, affordable for everybody. You know, you don't need to be a degreed expert. Things don't change. There isn't mass learning curve. So just have it and use it. And you will find, like, I, I dislike the transactional part of my business. The part of my business I like is getting to know my clients, is yeah. talking to them and hearing, and hearing, I, I love that. Any place I go to in the country, I have friends. They're not clients. Right. They're like, they're friends. They're business associates. They're, they're networking people. I love it. And it's because I, I've gone out of my way to talk to them, to, to, to build that relationship. Exactly. And, and you really, you can't replace it with anything. You can't. Not for now. I mean, maybe, maybe one day, but maybe. hopefully I won't be I here for that. Not. I know, really. <laughs> no, hopefully, I won't be, hopefully I won't be around for that. But <laughs> I can just have my robot involved. talk to your robot. <laughs> no. This reminds me of that commercial where the little robot kid, with a, it must be a TurboTax commercial or something, where they say, you know, you don't have emotions. You, you can't relate to the people you're doing your taxes for. And, and the robot says, I'm very sad. And then just starts laughing. <laughs> and then, and right, I, just, I love that commercial. It just laughs. So we'll just have our robots talk to each other. And then my robot will buy things for me. And then your robot could deliver them. And then I could just, you know, right. sit in my room and eat bonbons all day. It'd be exactly. fun. Right. Um, I, need, I, I, for one, as a business owner and as a human being, need to connect with people yeah. and I learn so much from connecting with my clients. Um, I learn I learn about their businesses, which means I could I could be a, a better resource for them and then provide right. more value. Um, it, you know, I've seen a lot of transactions. We've seen this in the voice world where an online transaction is, you know, maybe one item. The person goes in to buy what they wanted to buy, but if they're speaking to a qualified person, that person could guide them in other purchases. Oh, you've got that. Did you know that this goes with it really well? Or you know what? Since you got that, why don't I, I could do this at half off, and I could, and that person could actually make the sale more valuable. Um, we've also seen the studies done that by having the ability to talk to someone, they we've people have eliminated returns or a bad uh, customer service experience or negative reviews because if I can't get you online, I could just you know, send something back or I can go online and just trash your business because I can't talk to anybody. I'm angry at that moment. I want to vent. But if I could pick up the phone and talk to you, maybe you could solve the problem. Maybe I was wrong. Or maybe you could say, hey, I, I apologize. I empathize with you. How's about we solve it this way? So by having that voice, even though I, I, it was a transactional uh, piece of initial business, by being, me being able to call someone and talk to them or someone calling me, I could diffuse a potentially negative situation. Maybe I can, you know, first of all, I can, I can empathize and apologize. Maybe I can offer something, um, you know, whether it be a, a, a discount or this. So we decrease returns. We decrease dissatisfied customers. When someone's in that state, yeah. voice and emotion and empathy and, and intonation is what matters, not necessarily the words I put. You know, they want to know that, that I heard them and right. that and that I understand and that I, you know, I'm sorry. Um, whether 
or not, I think it's my company's fault or not. I'm sorry that, that they feel that way and they're in that situation. How can I help? And I think voice can diffuse that and make it better and then ultimately build a much better long-term customer. Yeah, I totally agree. And, then, and then So I look at it more than just the transaction. Absolutely, because it's been proven that, that the reason, the, the biggest reason that customers leave a vendor is because they don't feel like they're appreciated. And and, so, and, today, and today's day and age, you can get the same, you know, look, I can buy the same exact car with the same exact configuration from four dealers within the same exact 20 minutes from my house. Exactly. No different. So, you know, one guy's going to save me $5. So now why do I pick the dealership I get my car at? At the end of the day, it's not the price right. because I can beat them all up and get the same price. It's the exact same product. I go to the liquor store I go to, it is the exact same liquor. Why do I go? Because I have a relationship with that business owner. Because the sales guy or saleswoman struck me in a certain way, made me feel like I was important, let me know that they were there to take care of me. And that's how I pick that business. In almost every case. That's why I go to restaurants more often than others. Because I talk to someone. Right. Uh, and they make exactly. me feel like I'm an important client. And th- I think, in my opinion, the only thing that can do that is voice. Don't, I, you know, some form email that says, thank you so much for your business. You know, like I just got a form email while we're talking because I had a car service and it said, we hope your experience was good. Okay, whatever. I ignored that. But 10 minutes before your call, they also called me and said, we just wanted to make sure you had a good experience. Right. To me, the voice call was so much more valuable than some random text or emails as where, you know, that was programmed by, exactly. you know, some, by someone just, and, and it meant nothing and it had nothing to do with me. And, and, and every once in a while has my name wrong and it just goes out to everybody because we have technology that can make our lives easier. They could do all the customer service follow-up for us. That's why my clients are shocked when on a Saturday at, at three o'clock in the afternoon, they make a purchase. I dial the phone and say, Hey, it's Paul. I just want to say thank you for the business. Like what? No. Yeah. They're so shocked by it. Because you're not just you know, checking I, the box and saying, oh, yeah, we provide good customer service. We're, we care about our clients. We're connected. Right. You're actually doing right. it. It's not just a box check for me. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I care. I appreciate their business. Um, sometimes th- they do everything and transact perfectly, but they still had a question, and they love the fact that somebody called them, and then they know they yeah. can get me. So to me, it's, 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 you know, we have to do it better here. We work on it all the time, yeah, you know, but, absolutely. but it's never going to be removed from my, you know, I could probably scale the business um, maybe in the immediate, a little quicker and on a quick line by line item, if I did it all in a, in an artificial world, but in the long run, it's no, it's not going to be the value anywhere near what I want it to be and how I think it should be. Exactly. Right. Right. And right. It won't be as successful as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. I have to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are The Inside Track by Peter Sage and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. 
So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Paul Faust of ringboost.com about the power of voice. Okay, so Paul, so someone increases their calls, is there something they should be doing next? Is there something in addition to, you know, so they're getting all these calls, they're having all this engagement. Now what? Well, I I think that if they're, if they're, you know, focusing on getting more calls and they're getting more engagement, they have to make sure that, that that relationship, that that information is translating across all parts of their company. So I could take a call and have a great call with a client, find out their needs, take care of them, right? But I got to make sure that what I learned, that information um, gets synthesized to my teams, my, my customer support team, my billing team. You know, it's not just about me being in sales. Um, so I need to make sure that I follow up and I let my teams know that information that I gathered, what needs to be done, so there's proper follow-up, right? That's um, huge, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I can't just keep all the information, this awesome relationship and this awesome connection with the client to me because often they're not dealing with me. They have a billing issue. They have a customer service thing. So I need to make sure that everyone on my team is made aware of, you know, that communication, that relationship, or whatever the data I got from that call is, and that I make sure that if I did take a call, that I that I follow up and I handle what I said I was going to because there isn't this oh I didn't get your email you know we just talked I told you I was going to do something I need to be sincere and and now get it done for you um, so I think that's important that that you share this you know and that everyone on your team you know there are people who are who are specifically trained to be the first line but you know I, if I do everything right but they have a billing issue and I put them on and I get them on the call with you know, my CFO or my bookkeeper, they also have to be able to talk to clients and make them feel that same experience. It's right. part of our, our culture. Right. So it's got to be everybody. Everybody's right. got to be. It's got to be everybody. And also, look, for a lot of small business owners, you know, when it comes to digital communication, a lot of it comes down to time. You know, somebody fills out a contact form or sends an email. Um, if they don't get serviced right away they might go to the next you know the next person down the line they might you know and for a lot of small business owners they're they're not in the office monitoring they don't have the staff to monitor chat and emails and things like that but they can have the phone follow them to the job site they're on or you know where they're out at that moment and if it's a and if available they could take that call take a, a minute and say Hi, this is Paul. Hey, I answered the call. I'm out right now, but I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, is there something you need right away or could I give you a call back in 10 minutes? But at least I've established the relationship and how we're going to communicate versus I'm out all day doing my job. Maybe I'm a roofer. Maybe I'm a martial arts instructor. Maybe I'm a a whatever I am. Then I get back to my office at the end of the day and now I'm going to reply to people. Well, maybe it's too late. Right. You know, or maybe I go back to my office and then it's really late and then I got to go home for dinner and then, you know, I've got some, and then I don't do it till the next day. How does that make my customer feel? Yeah. If they're still my customer. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe they went and found the solution somewhere else, you know? Exactly. So I think that, that, you know, being able to, you know, most of us have a phone with us um, and most of us, even if we're busy, you know, can, you know, even if it goes to a voicemail because I'm out and I could see it, I could take a break and call the client back and say, hey, I'm out on a job site, I'm in a meeting, I'm at a conference, would you mind if I called you in 
you know, just 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm going to step out and I can make the connection, set the expectation, let them know that I care, that I'm just tied up, but then follow up versus doing it, you know, eight hours later the next morning. Okay. Can we talk about voicemail for a second? We can talk about voicemail. Okay. (laughs) I figured we could. (laughs) Uh, Because so many people, so how do I want to even ask this question? Do you think it's worth it to leave a voicemail? Because I find people don't even listen to the voicemail. They see someone called, so they call them right back without even listening to why the person called. So you have to say it all over again anyway. Uh, look, my opinion is I leave the voicemail. Yes, there are a lot of times I miss a call and all I do is dial it back. And someone says, did you hear my voicemail? I said, no, I just saw you call, so I wanted to get you right back. But I often do listen to the voicemails. It depends on the timing and the situation. So if I'm taking the time to dial someone's number, right, um, yeah. and I've taken the time to listen to the voicemail, I'm going to leave a voicemail. Now, the caveat to that is, you know, don't, you know, don't leave war and peace. You know, you know, be somewhat short to the point. Hey, this is a, uh, this is my situation. I need to talk to you about this. Uh, you know, I've gotten voicemails that uh, you know I have to hire a dictation specialist to put in you know a, a form because it's eight and a half hours long. Like, you know, I I I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, leaving a voicemail, especially if I can let the business owner know that it's not immediate. Hey, I just wanted to, you know, call. I'm trying to remember about, give me a call back when you have a moment, nothing important, because I want to respect people's time as well. Yeah. Um, so I do leave a voicemail if I can. And also a lot of business owners have systems set up where the voicemail gets translated and sent to them via text and email so they can read the issue. That's and that, okay, this, like, this is important. I need to excuse myself from what I'm doing or take a time out to get to, to address this or not very important yeah. you know but but we get so many calls now and, and voice and text that sometimes you know people might ignore it um so i leave the voicemail you know also most of a lot of people now they say are ignoring cell phone calls because of this massive influx of robo dialers yeah that are just spamming everybody so they don't yeah. even want to answer the phone anymore so right. with the right voicemail but the robo dialers are not going to leave voicemails so right. i i look at my phone and I could see, all right, there were three seconds, four seconds. All right, those are those are not real. But if it's thirty seconds, there's there's someone that needs to talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would, I wouldn't just hang up and expect that someone's just going to hit redial. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> do you think how we handle sales calls is the same as how we handle like customer support calls, or is there a difference? Um. <clears throat> I think there's a difference between sales and customer support calls, but I think you should treat people the same way. You should you should treat everybody as as if they're important, um, you know, as if they as if their situation matters. But you know, clearly on a sales call, you are trying to either get the transaction or funnel it to a transaction. And with a customer service call, for me, a customer service call is a sales call um, because ultimately it defines it helps to further define or change the relationship. And if I have a great rapport with you and I take care of you and everything is great, you love me and you love you know the way I serve you, you want to tell all your friends about me, but then my customer support call that you have is a monotone and transactional and not very, you know, you, you almost sound like you're a nuisance because you have, to, you know, then everything I've just built is kind of lost. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the customer support team, they can't look, they're not customer support. Everybody is in sales. How you handle that transaction and that customer and how you make them feel about their situation and how you resolve it dictates whether they're a repeat client, whether they tell their friends about you. And there's a difference between a fan of your companies where if somebody falls backwards and lands on top of them, they'll tell you about, they'll tell their friends about your company. And the person that's going to go out there and say, oh my God, I, I worked with this company and they're awesome. You've got like, that will actually become like an evangelist. And I think that that's how your customer support talks to people, how your billing talks to people. It's everybody. So yeah. I think everybody needs to have that um, sales mindset, but it's not sales in the, in the immediate transaction sense of sales. It's sales in, you know, selling the business and how we operate. Right. So it's still, it's still relationship building. It's still, still relationship building. Yeah. Relationship yeah. building, um, um, uh, furthering the relationship, uh, still, you know, not just solving, you know, this issue. Right. You know, it's, is there anything else? Thank you so much. You know, it's just empathizing again. It's just being human. Let's be honest. It's just being, you know, it's not, you know, broken fix, but it's okay. And I apologize. And, and, and how else can we help you? And, oh, by the way, you know, if you happen to know the clients, it's maybe offering something that had nothing to do with why they called, you know, yeah. it's, it's furthering the relationship because again, they, they always say, well, you know, what are those expressions, you know, the, the strongest chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Yeah. Right. I, I've gone to restaurants where I had, you know, the, the host was great. Right. And they sat us great. And, the, and, you know, the food was great. And generally the service was great. And then at the end of the meal, something happens or, you know, I don't know what I, I'm trying to give an example off the top of my head. Again, it's a voice call, so I can't think about it. And it's that last experience that I walked out with that I wasn't happy with, you know, right. because one person in the chain didn't think in that sort of, you know, I want to say sales mentality. No, I'm right. not. I'm just the bus boy. I'm just, you know, the this. And and now you've just negated all the other positives I had across the board. Right. Right. You know? and it's, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's why I think everybody has to have when I, I'll say a sales mentality, you know, and I don't want people to think, you know, to me, sales isn't a negative word. You know, it's it sales is not a transactional world word. Right. Sales is a relationship word. It's yeah. a transactional word. It's a relationship. It's a customer service word, you know, and everyone needs to be in it. And also relaying that information back to each other to share that data. Exactly. That, that That's is such important. a big part. Everyone has to have the same mindset and they have to have the same information. There's got and to share be that. it. Yeah. Man, then I call someone and I, and I don't even know there was an issue. And then like, what are you talking about, Paul? I just had a whole problem. Like, what? Yeah. Because somebody... Somebody had a, a, a communication, but didn't let everybody else know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have to work together to build our businesses. No kidding. You know, like I, I, every business I've ever worked in, um, you know, I treated the businesses as, as it, was, it was as much mine as it was the owner's. The only difference was he, had, he or she had more equity in it. That's the only difference. It was just as much my company as it was theirs. It put food on my table. It educated my children. It put the roof over my head. You know, it was just as much mine as theirs. They just happened on more equity in it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's got to it's just got to be that way now i have a question for you about tracking and measuring because one of the advantages of digital is that you can get all sorts of analytics it, so how do you do that with voice communication Look, I, I think there are ways to do with voice communication. There, there are different schools of thought and theories. Um, some I agree with, some I don't agree with. Um, there are some schools of thought, and people will tell you that they use different phone numbers for different marketing methods, so they could track what was effective. Right? Was it the oh, billboard? Was yeah. it the TV? Um, there is a time and a place where that works. Yeah. And in my opinion, there's a time and a place where it doesn't work. Let me give you an example. Okay. I deal with a lot of uh, a lot of law firms, and they'll you know some of their agencies will say I want to put a different number on the billboard as I do in the let's say the yellow page ad for those still using them because I want to track what worked. Okay, so now I'm driving down the highway and I saw a billboard for a law firm, right? And yeah. I said, you know what, I should call that firm, but I don't remember the phone number. So now I get home and I decide to open the yellow pages or whatever, or I go online to find that law firm. And I found the number and I call that number that was in the yellow page ad or the on the website. Now, as a marketing company, you just track that client to the yellow page or the online. And now maybe you took down the billboard. So, wow. you know, it, it's not ex it, there's no exact medium. We, we provide tracking numbers for those who want to. But my first recommendation to a business, unless you're a massive direct response brand and some of them pay for media based on where the call came from. I don't think that that's, you know, I, I think we're talking about a small percentage of business owners for the, you know, the small to mid-sized business owner, the, the retail, the roofer, the home care company, the, the everyday business owner. I think the first thing is making sure that people know how to get me, know how to refer me. Right. And I could always ask people, Hey, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Can I ask how you heard about us? Oh yeah. I saw your ad in the movie theater. Uh, you know, that is a method of tracking. You know, oh, I saw your flyer. Oh, I saw you at a conference. Oh, I saw your TV spot. Now, is it 100% effective and accurate? Absolutely not. Yeah. But either or the other methods of tracking. Right. So first priority for me is they easily know how to connect with me. They easily know how to reach me, refer me out, et cetera. I keep them away from having to go through the struggle of looking me up. Now, if I am a big enough company and I market in lots of different ways, we could talk about different tracking strategies of, of different numbers or things like that. But, you know, ultimately, what's the most important if you put them on a scale? Is it the tracking or the connecting with my client? To me, number one is connecting with my client, getting the business. Secondarily is tracking. And Absolutely. I could I could engage in the conversation and ask them, um, hey, how'd you hear about us? You know, right. it might be multiple things. They might have right. they might have seen my TV spot or seen my truck go by, but then asked somebody. So, oh, I was referred to you. They were referred to me, yeah. but it was because they saw my van or my truck or my sign. So, you know, um, I, I think there isn't an exact answer. And I think it's at a time, you know, if I'm doing a mailer and I want to have three different copies of my mailer and I want to see which one performs better and it's a print thing. Maybe I, you know, I could put a different number on there and maybe the number doesn't matter as much because I want to track the piece. So I think there's a time and a place for all of it. Okay. That makes sense to me. Okay. So talk to me about ring boost. I would like you to share with the listeners 
what it is, you know, what its value is, how they can learn more, and, and all of that, please, because that plays directly into, obviously, the conversation we're having about all of this. Right, absolutely. So the company is, is Ringboost, uh, www.ringboost.com. Um, our phone number, 914-200-0000. And what Ringboost is about, it's about phone numbers. And ultimately, that means phone calls. It, uh, our company's sort of whole vision is is all been based on ha- uh, driving more calls for business owners through the use of the phone number. And when we first started the business, it was all based on vanity toll-free numbers, like people have seen out there, 1-800-Flowers, 1-800-Home-Care, 1-800-Hurt-Now, 1-888-Allstate. We started out um, doing the vanity toll-free numbers um, because my partner who founded the company built the business off a number. He had a business, went out, he was a marketing-centric guy, got a phone number that was a vanity number, it grew his business just by using the number in his marketing and being more clever with his marketing. He learned that he could provide that number to other people and then started you know, the, the phone number business. So we started out just doing vanity toll-free numbers. And then over the years, we added easy dial numbers. So those are numbers, are toll-free numbers that um, don't spell things. Uh, they could be you know, 1-800-333-9999, you know, 800-800-something. So just people who didn't want words, they wanted digits. So we added those in. And then uh, years later, I said, this is crazy that business owners pick their name, their domain, their logo, the paint color in their office, and then they take the first number the local phone company hands them. That's crazy. Why don't we let them pick their local number? So we added local numbers. And then because we work with some direct response agencies, we added tracking numbers. So really what Ringboost is about, our, our core product ultimately is the number, is focusing on the number, but really what the ethos or the, the behind the company is, how do we drive you more calls to help you grow your business? And, and you have a tool, whether it be a cell phone or a landline phone, you have this tool, how do we get you to get the most use out of it? And how do we take all the other dollars you're spending on your media, whether it be TV and radio, billboards, flyers, yard signs, conferences, business cards, referrals, magnets, tchotchkes you give out, how do we make that all perform better? And we start, and, and our focal point is the number, is helping people find a number that they relate to, that furthers their brand message, that says what they do, um, that is just easy to remember, that has some meaning to them, as opposed to the next number off the pile. And that's really Ring Boost Core. Um, we help business owners in all ways, and we work with lots of small business owners so we can give people advice and other things, but our core is you have a phone, you're doing marketing, you're doing advertising, let's have your number be an asset and a tool and a weapon, not just a utility. So business owners can certainly go to ringboost.com and, and you know see the different things we offer. As I said, they can give us a call. We have all of the components. If you wanna just go online and do some browsing around, that's great. If you want to live chat with someone, we have people you can live chat with. If you want to pick up the phone and ask questions or have one of our experts kind of talk to you, because not everybody knows what they might want, right. um, then they can call us and we'll help them select a number that works for them and give them some guidance. That's so great. Thank you. I I, I have so enjoyed this conversation, and I <clears throat> challenge all the listeners that the next time 
you go to send a, an email or a text, stop and think about what if you just picked up the phone? What I love it. And say, I, right? And I, and I want to commend you because you know, I say this all the time. You could pick up any publication or go on and you'll see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles about the latest digital gizmo or the latest this or the latest that. And, and some of those companies won't be around. And and it's nice to see someone talking about voice because your voice matters. My voice matters. Your voice matters. Our business owner's voice matters. And I love that you took the time and, and invited me on as a guest to talk about voice. And it's not necessarily about, you know, memorable phone numbers was what we do. It's about voice. Our tool, I think, helps with it, but it's really about voice and something that that, that I don't ever want to see go away as, as an art form and a way to communicate. And at the end of the day, if I stood in front of a room of business owners and said, you have two choices, a digital communication or a voice call, a voice call, what would you want? And their hands will all go up to the voice call because they know that's how they'll get the business, but they're not thinking about it as part of their strategy. So I commend you for you know, educating and talking about it and making this podcast available to, to your listeners. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks. Well, the people who, you know, I do a lot of speaking about sales and one of the things and a lot of writing and one of the things that irritates me the most is when I get uh, sales pitches through email because it, invariably it, it's a form letter. They have no idea who I am. They haven't taken the time to find out or they've, discovered what it is I do. So they've made assumptions about what I need. I get that on LinkedIn a lot. So I feel like no matter what is going on out there, I, I know for a fact businesses grow based on relationships and that what there are no quick hits and we would all be better off if we just leaned in and talked to people and with, a, with an eye toward really actually getting to know them and being very present in that conversation. So it's, I am happy to share this information as much as I can. Well, I, I thank you very much for having me on and, and, and hope that we could do this again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, thank you. And I like to thank the listeners. They're the people we're doing this for. And folks, I would love to hear about a conversation that you had that made the difference in your business. Let's start building that file of, what's actually going on. And I want to thank our sponsor. If you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the How To Podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.